Okay, this is the next episode of 10 Questions, and this is Thinker. And uh, on the other end with me, I have Susan, otherwise uh, known by her handle, Vina, on Twitter. How you doing? Yeah, doing well. How are you? Oh, doing good, doing good. Been a long day, but so far it seems like everybody I've run into, it's been a long day. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, no, we were just talking before uh, before we started recording about the fact that uh, is that uh, you just finish up reserve duty and uh, it kind. Of, I I always like to ask uh, whenever I you know uh, somebody is or has been in the service. What is it that drew you to going in the military? Oh, <laughs> um, well, I, I went in, um, I turned 19 basic training. So I, I traded uh, one year at college uh, back home in Sacramento. And um, there was a lot going on. I was like um, interning at an assemblyman's office at the state capitol. And I was working as like a sous chef at an Italian restaurant. And then I was also going to school full time. And it was just kind of like this grind. Um, and I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I felt like I was kind of treading water. And my roommate at the time, she was hell-bent on going into the military. It's the only thing she ever wanted to do in her whole entire life. But they considered her too overweight for it. She needed to lose about nine pounds. Um, and so I went to go meet her recruiter with her one day just to kind of do a check-in. And I was sitting there just listening to him talk to her. And I was like, well, this seems easy. I can do this. And I was, and I was like, do I get out of Sacramento? And he was like, yeah, you'll get out of Sacramento. So I was like, great, sign me up. And I must have been like his easiest recruit ever because he didn't even talk to me. Um, I was just there listening. And uh, it worked out. Um, I spent 12 years active duty Air Force between Mississippi, Alaska, and Arizona. And then I got out, um, did a couple of contracting jobs that brought me to the East Coast. Um, and I still finished my reserve duty out of the Pentagon, working for the Secretary of the Air Force in the Inspector General's office. So it's been really good. Just finished my seventh year of reserve duty, so I have 19 years total, one more year to go until I can retire. It's been pretty great. I, I think I was lacking a lot of uh, structure and discipline to, for a short answer of that. And I, I, I found that through the military, and I have no regrets about that. I, I, I understand that. I've, I've told people that... Uh... Whenever I, I had military recruiters after me, whenever I was in high school, and um, and f from the standpoint of structure of military life, I think it would have been really good for me. I think I would have done well with it. But uh, my problem always was that I just couldn't see getting past uh, BME because I, 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 I've heard plenty of stories, and I'm just like I, I don't. I don't know that I would back off whenever I'm supposed to if I've if I've got a sergeant in in my face challenging me because I'm because I'm a step away from mouth and off or something. Yeah, I I did that once and I got pulled out of line and um because I I think he said my name wrong or I look over the handrail or something whatever it was um he was yelling at me and I kind of back talked to him and it was in our sixth week right before you're we about to graduate basic. Wow. And he uh, pulls me out of line and just screams at me. And it hadn't bothered me the whole entire time because I grew up with a very strict father who also liked to yell a lot. So it just kind of was like, whatever. Um, but that time it really bothered me. So it was kind of one of those, like, they want you to succeed, but they also want you to know that you have a certain place. Um, and they'll let you know when you step out of that place. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I 
and I actually because because uh, at the time it was six weeks basic. Um, the Air Force is what I was leaning to. If if I would have gone in, um, but I also had the Navy after me, and uh, I, I've, I I'm I'm one of those people that I sink when I jump in water. Okay, <laughs> it, it just that, that's just the way it happens. I've never successfully been able to swim. I, and, I don't know how to swim either. So yeah. <laughs> well, I I asked yeah I asked the the recruiter about that, and he said, oh well, if you can't do it at the beginning of basic, they'll put you in swim lessons through the through the time in basic, and then you'll just have to pass the swimming at the end of basic. And I'm just like. Uh, uh, n- n- no, so because yeah, uh, they were they, they they were talking to me about possibly going into the nuclear engineering program oh, wow. uh, whenever this was going on because my ASVAB scores were pretty solid. Um, so, but yeah, I I, I think I would have done well in the military. I just yeah, I just didn't have faith I could get past basic. <laughs> I uh, I actually took the ASVAB as just kind of like a reason to get out of class when I was in high school, and I, I did really well on it, but I had recruiters, especially the Navy, calling me uh, quite often, and I just kind of ignored it. I never really wanted to, going to the military wasn't a thought for me, and then it just clicked that day. Um, I always tell the story, I actually told this story when I was on a panel for the Diane Initiative at uh, Hacker Week last year. And um, there was one girl that I know, I met her in Alaska, and she used the military the right way, because everybody always said, would you let your kids go in the military? Or do you recommend the military? And I always say yes, if you do it the correct way. Uh, She went in, she knew exactly what job she wanted. She got that job, it was a radiology technician. Um, So the military trained her. She got stationed in Alaska. She's working in the hospital in Alaska as a radiology tech. She um, goes on to the outside to a hospital in Anchorage and is working there. So she's basically working double time. So when she leaves the military, she she essentially has almost eight years of experience after working two jobs. Um, While she's in Alaska for those four years, she's also getting her her bachelor's degree um, using tuition assistance. So she left with no, she left the military with uh, double the experience and a bachelor's degree. She moved back home to Rhode Island and then she used her GI Bill to get her master's degree and then she used her VA loan to buy a house. So she ended up with two degrees, no debt, a house, and a career that she wanted. And it was the best uh, way I've ever seen anybody use the military uh, to their advantage, but the military got what they wanted too, right? So it was, yeah. it was amazing. I was like, that's the, that's the story that I would tell my kids. That's the way you should do it. Exactly. Exactly. She was so motivated. And, and uh, you know, if if anybody were to ever ever confront me with that question, you know, my answer would be sure, yes. But my my thought process is more um, is more the, uh, the the lack of general uh, of of a general ability to handle yourself. Um, you know that that a lot of a lot of people don't seem to get these days as they're growing up. I'm just like you know, one two years in the military would do probably do everybody good. It's kind of like um, you should always work in like customer service or the restaurant industry just to see what everybody goes through, and then you'll always have like empathy and compassion from those those people who are working. Um, so yeah, I totally understand that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in Israel, you know, they, they they've got a yes. ma- mandatory uh, military service that you have to do whenever you're 18. I think it's like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and if they uh, if if they uh, you know give you a, a ton of specialized training, they may only get you know nine months of actual service with you trained out of you. But still, you know, I mean, it, it's. You know, especially like in the cybersecurity industry, you look at uh, a lot of the innovations and uh, new products, and a lot of them are are the people that are from Israel that that learned the basis of their stuff whenever they went into the IDF. So yeah. you know, there, there's there's all sorts of positives about it. You know, no, no matter what anybody thinks about war itself, you know, you you can you can garner some good out of it. Is my take. Definitely learn a lot of life skills for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that was a good solid question. Number one, you remember how I said <laughs> it depend on how long winded that you were. Um, yeah. So, but that's good. I I, I like uh, I, I like whenever conversations go like that. Thanks. So, um, question number two. Um, well, I if if I I honestly haven't read your bio on your uh, on, on your uh, Twitter in a while, but if I remember correctly, I think I remember reading that you're a certified yoga instructor. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, how how did that come about? Sure. So again, um, I was leaving the military. It's, it's a lot of, uh, I, I'm realizing now there's a trend of um, influence of, of the girls uh, that I've uh, known and hung out with in my life, uh, the women I surround myself with. So when I was um, just out of the military, I did a contract in Iraq for six months doing biometrics work. It was essentially sysadmin, server admin uh, type of stuff and um, left that in December of 2009 and decided to travel for about 10 months. One of my uh, good close girl girlfriends um, from active duty was stationed in Izmir, Turkey at the time. And she had this great apartment and she was like, hey, just come stay with me for a while. So um, I decided to spend the summer there. And it was fantastic. Um, and she, she knew she was only there for a year. So she didn't spend all this money or time like furnishing her place. So she had these great wooden floors in her front room that just kind of overlooked the water and it was gorgeous. Um, and she would just do yoga in there every morning. And she was planning on leaving the military. And she was like, hey, let's do this one month uh, retreat um, yoga training in like Costa Rica or something like that. So we were all set to do it. But then she decided to stay in and she ended up going to Afghanistan for a year. she's fine now she lives in Australia Um, but I was still intrigued by the idea of doing a yoga training so um, after the 10 months of travel I took a job in uh, just outside of Baltimore Maryland um, working for General Dynamics it was with the NCOJTF when I was with the FBI and analyst for the FBI for a little bit and um, while I was moving here my sister lived in DC at the time she took me to a cafe and I saw on the wall that there was this teacher training that was starting and there was something about the flyer and the teacher that really struck me so I called them up and they had just started that weekend but they said I could still join Um, and it turned out to be a great thing to do when I first got to DC because I was able to meet like just my whole group of friends and have this hobby that was really great 
And uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. And then it just kind of was like, and it, I don't want to say an addiction, but it was something that I just truly enjoyed. And so I was, I love learning and I just kept doing different trainings and ended up getting my 500 hour. So yeah, I have a total of 500 hours now, um, plus tons of more trainings, but 500 hours formally um, based in yoga therapy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I assume that, uh, th- that uh, the, the, uh, being the certified yoga instructor is is part of uh, what led to you being, uh, I believe, is the um, the uh, wellness officer <laughs> for Hackers Health. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, I saw a call on Twitter from Info Sister, and she was just kind of like, "I need." a yoga instructor for DerbyCon. Uh, is there anybody who is interested? You'll get a ticket to Derby. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I've been dying to go to DerbyCon. And I think this was DerbyCon 8. Um, and uh, so I message her and we have a conversation and she's just so cool. I know you've had her on, on your uh, podcast. And she was just kind of like, yeah, if you, if you promise to teach both mornings, of derby um i'll get you a ticket and i was like fantastic so that's how i got involved and then when we knew that mental health hackers was going to be a thing which by the way that was my name that i suggested and everybody voted and picked it and i was super happy that i got to name the nonprofit. but um when we knew it was going to be a thing uh she was just kind of like i'd like you to be on the board she's like anybody who can get up two days in a row on and be on time and be that reliable at a con at like 8 a.m. or something like that. She's like, I know I can depend on you as a board member. And so, yeah, it's been it's been great working with her and absolutely adore her. Awesome. Awesome. Um, just uh, just a little side question here. Sure. Um, what is probably your favorite uh, yoga position? You know, I used to always say it was um, Warrior Two because it's all about like strength and like um, it's it's basically one where you look like you're doing a lunge uh, and your arms are out straight, um, mm-hmm. like one is straight out in front of your like bent knee and the other one's behind you, and you're looking out over your fingertips and it's a very powerful pose and you're supposed to be like looking to the future and your the arm that's behind you is like in your past and there's a lot of symbolism around it and stuff and now I think it's <laughs> a little bit more restorative and it's kind of like. Uh, um, it, it is a restorative pose, but it's legs up the wall and there's just so many benefits to it. It's literally like you, um, place your hip against the wall and then swing your legs up and, um, your legs just stay up, uh, literally legs up the wall. Um, you can have support under the lower back or just flat on your back, but it's just so good. And I realized that actually my mom used to do this all the time. If we ever were like traveling and like walking all day long and and uh she just needed to like give her feet a rest and it's just one of the best ways to um heal your feet but then also there's a lot of other benefits about your like lymphatic system and for women and and their reproductive system and all kinds of stuff so it's great okay okay um yeah you you know i i think that's actually the first time i've gotten to ask a young instructor <laughs> that question normally whenever i've asked anybody that's done any level of yoga at all uh, what their favorite position is the answers i've gotten has either been child's pose or corpse pose yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean those are both restorative too supported child's pose i thought about that one for a second when you asked and i was like oh yeah I guess so. But I mean, I, I still think that my favorite, the one that I can see myself doing um, all the time is legs up the wall. It's okay. so great. 
All right. Um, all right. Well, uh, moving on to question number five. Um, I know that uh, I know that uh, you had your hands full with the first uh, beside Sacramento uh, in 2019. Um, it, how, how did you end up being basically at the at the helm of it? I mean, because because weren't you uh, were, weren't you the person uh, in charge of the group planning it? Yeah, actually. So um, I returned from a contract in Abu Dhabi in June of 2016, and I attended B-Sides DC later that year, and then B-Sides Nova, the first B-Sides Nova in February of the following year. And um, it was just, it really struck me about how great the community was at those cons, because I'd been to a few others, and um, they just hadn't been as they were just like big conventions right like hacker week and stuff like that and you get so lost in the crowd but then you go to something like b-sides and it feels like a true community in the area and um i thought about it and i was like is there a b-side sacramento because i mean like literally you could like google um and see like what other ones like what other cities around you and stuff like that because you just get kind of hooked and i realized there was no b-side sacramento and being from uh, sacramento it was like i wanted to bring something back there if possible so i actually called up i made contact with jack daniel that year and we had a great conversation and he gave me some advice about a few things and um there were a bunch of naysayers around me that would say oh it's too hard to do you're never going to do it and i let them get in my head a little bit which i think is what delayed me um and then there was also a little bit of life that happened but um one of the things that jack told me was you could do it alone but you're never going to want to do it again and so I was always trying to find that team. And, and the timing was finally right where <clears throat> through Mary Galloway of, um, of WSC, Women's Cyber Jitsu, Society of Cyber Jitsu, she uh, met a girl who was from Sacramento. And she was just kind of like, you should really meet her. I think she would be a good partner for you. Um, and her name was Courtney. I think she goes by 03 Awesome Sauce on Twitter. Um, and so we met, um, got along great. And so we said, okay, let's do this. Um, and then a little bit later, InfoSec Sherpa, um, was talking with Courtney or, or somehow we got involved uh, with her that she was like, hey, I have a guy for you in Sacramento. And that was um, Doug Barbin. Um, and he was just so great. He can like do all that other stuff that we didn't want to deal with, like with the finances and paperwork and contracts and all that kind of stuff. So it's always good to have one of those uh, guys on your team. It's just so solid. Um, and so, uh, we, we, the three of us were just kind of like, okay, let's do this. And they just let me take the helm. They, they were like, yeah, you're the founder, you know, we're all, we'll share directors, um, positions. Um, but I'm very much a perfectionist and type A. So it's kind of like, uh, project management is in my soul. So, um, we, we put it together in about, I want to say eight months total. Um, uh, we announced it at B-Sides SF, uh, in 2019 and by October 20. 19 we had it all said and done and it was it was amazing and and jack said he was like there are three outcomes that i i want to see out of every b-sides he was like um information needs to be shared there needs to be community built and um uh, which we call it you need to be uh okay with the outcome he's like you're never going to be happy with it because you're going to think about everything that went wrong but he was like you need to be okay with how it turned out and all three of those happened and there was just so much of the response from the community um, we had people driving up from Southern California for it, which I just never would have expected. Somebody drove down from Oregon for it. I just, it was incredible, the response. And we sold out in 24 hours once tickets went on sale. So we're really excited to do the second year of it. It's, um, we haven't picked a date for it yet because we're still looking for a venue. 
Um, one of the, the worst parts about it, I was I was incredibly happy with the day um, and how it went. Uh, the worst thing that happened, I think, was that we ran out of almond milk creamer for <laughs> our cold brew coffee in the afternoon. So if that's the worst thing that happens during the day, I mean, I really cannot complain. But um, everything else just went so smoothly just because of all the preparation that we put forward. And uh, it was just great. But um, one of the worst parts about it was we had to turn so many people away because we had capacity issues. Hacker Lab was an incredible venue for us and just so appropriate. And Niall, um, the manager there, was just great to work with. But um, it, we only had a capacity of 125. So with volunteers and sponsors and speakers and everybody, um, we had to limit the attendees, unfortunately. And so we're looking for a bigger space. But we know that Hacker Lab's always there for us if we want to keep it small and intimate. That is that's good. I mean, the, I I I heard I well not heard read um, so many people just speaking so highly of that whenever they walked away from it at the end of the day. It's just uh, I, I I I can only imagine how it went. I goodness knows I tried to get there. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, hey hey, you know, there, there's there there was there was just many things conspiring against me on, on that. It wasn't any one thing. So, um, but and that's uh, why we want to open it up for like two tracks next year. But the space we could only actually have one track going at a time, just because it was just a big open room. Um, right. So if we could have two tracks, then we could have more speakers. And we I, I think we had 29 um, CFP submissions, and we picked 10 out of them. Um, and we had a really good ratio. Uh, I think the day of we had 40% um, women speaking and it was the same as the ratio of the uh, amount of women um, and underrepresented groups um, that had submitted uh, CFPs as well. So we were really happy with our, our stats and yeah, how that turned awesome. out. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I, I also remember that's actually, that's actually the first CFP that I submitted. And I remember when I submitted mm -hmm. it, I was like, this feels really good. I could tell a good I could tell a good story with this, but I really don't have any idea if it's gonna be anywhere near good. I, you know, it's just <laughs> I, I felt good about it, but I didn't. <laughs> and, I, I and, and and I'll just say the, the the feedback that I got whenever I got my rejection, I was like, you know what? Rightfully so. It, no, none of it was wrong. None of it. Yeah, we um, we had some great reviewers on that. And actually, InfoSec Sherpa helped us out there, too. And um, I, like we had a team of two other people. And I'm sorry that their names are dropping my, my mind right now. But um, uh, yeah, they, they did an excellent job of like uh, reviewing all of our submissions and uh, the providing uh, concise feedback so that when we sent out our our emails, we were able to provide that back. And that was a really big part of it for me because I know I submit so many CFPs that get rejected. And my question always is, is like, okay, what was Why? it? Like, what, what was I missing? Yeah, what can I do to improve it? Because, yeah. you know, I've already put so much time into the talk. I want to know how I can improve it to, you know, try to submit it again in the future and make it relevant. So exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I yeah, I, I thoroughly appreciated getting that feedback. I, oh, I absolutely did. It, this is such good <laughs> feedback. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, okay, so um, let, let, let's divert off of standard topics for question number mm -hmm. six. Um, so, uh, so a, a lot of people. Uh, uh, well, a lot of people. I, I, I'm that I'm thinking of right now knowing uh, that uh, you're a certified yoga instructor and all that, you know, probably would want to make the assumption that you're vegan or at least vegetarian. 
Um, is, is, is that a good assumption or a bad assumption? So it actually is not what it's an assumption that would be correct, but one has nothing to do with the other. I've been oh, a vegetarian my whole entire life. Um, and my parents never did yoga. Like, even though I said my mom was doing legs up the wall, it wasn't because it was a yoga pose. It was just oh, because yeah. she was a nurse and, you know, like she knew that that was one way of like, um, healing the feet. But, um, like everybody assumes like you're Indian. So, you know, you're going to come out of the womb doing yoga and a vegetarian and like all these other kind of things. And it's just a stereotype. My dad was just a really, um, a uh, big family man and there's just a, a, a really uh, a personal family story behind it but he when he married my mom said we're gonna be vegetarian and um, she agreed to it so they gave um, they you know um, I had my sister be vegetarian my older sister and then when I came along they were like well you know we're not gonna just give this one meat <laughs> so by default I think I was just vegetarian um, and I, I literally have never had meat my whole entire life um, but yeah, it's really funny to me that like people are like, oh, you know, you're you want to be a vegetarian because you're into yoga. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like that yeah. one came way before the other one did. So well, they, yeah, like I said, it was it, it's, it's the people I was thinking of would make would make an assumption like that. Well, especially um, but, because I'm from California, and so like, I just have so many stereotypes working <laughs> against me. But it literally was for other reasons. I mean, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not. Everybody was like, "Oh, you're Indian and you're vegetarian, so you must be Hindu." And I'm like, "I'm not Hindu, actually. I'm Orthodox." But like, it's just it, there are just so many things that people like to assume. Oh, come, <laughs> come on now. I, I, I know, I know good and well that there that there is plenty of Indian food that has meat in it. Oh, I, I I know good and well that, that not everybody that's Indian is Hindu. I do know that. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I mean, and everybody's like, oh, you're doing it for the health reasons. I'm like, if I was doing it for the health reasons, I wouldn't be like an extra 20 pounds overweight right now. Because <laughs> when I eat, I carb load. I mean, that's essentially all I'm doing. It's all rices and bread and pasta. And like, I mean, it is not, not the, I'm not like, uh, I really do not uh, eat salads every single meal. So. Well, it, it, it's, uh, I, I think it was, um, I think it was Oprah. I remember hearing something about uh, when while she was doing her show that the show staff for for an episode they that they ended up going uh, vegetarian for an entire week. Mm -hmm. But it, but one of the revelations that one of her staff came to is, hey, I'm going vegetarian. That if, I, I can still eat. As many potato chips as I want. Yeah, for exactly. Um, you, you know, it's just, yeah. The, the, there's the, still there's, a ton of bad food out there for vegetarians. Yeah, the, the, there's, the, I can there, give there's, desserts there's, to my heart's content. So. Yeah. The, the, there's there, there's good ways. The, the, there's good ways <laughs> and bad ways to eat, no matter what method you're using. You know, it's just exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so that being said, since I since I stumbled into okay, you are a vegetarian. What what is your favorite dish of all time? If 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 it was something was done that you know thought put into effort put into, what what would you say is that favorite dish? So people always ask me about my favorite food and and or like my favorite dish and stuff like that. And I have to say, and I know a lot of people say this about their their parents or their moms, but like my mom is an insane cook. Like I mean, 
I've, I've, I've had a lot of Indian food in my life from restaurants or other aunties or family members or whatever it is. And, um, even like everybody who's had my mom's food is just like, holy hell, this is so good. So I was incredibly spoiled growing up. Um, and, uh, uh she makes this one dish. It's super simple and plain. Um, but it's like literally every single time I fly home, she's ready and waiting with it because she just knows how much I love it. And I can make it myself. It's just not the same when she makes it. I think it's the cast iron pan she uses or something, but whatever it is, it's amazing. Um, and it's literally um, like four ingredients. It's like potatoes um, with uh, cooked in a little bit of oil and then that's um, with chili powder and salt. And that's it. Like literally those four ingredients and it makes the best dish in the world. And it has to be like a certain kind of chili powder that you get like from Indian stores and stuff like that. You can't just yeah. go to the store and buy like the one that they have there. And it's just the flavor of it is so good. Like my mouth is literally watering right now. <laughs> um, then she'll serve it uh, to me with some uh, brown Indian rice and um, like this yogurt sauce that we put on it. And it's just I, I, I always said if I was like on, on um, like my last meal, that would be what I would want to eat. Okay. So okay. good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he, he, you explained it, Adam. I've got a uh, flavor profile that's just starting to go on in my head. And it's, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's funny stuff, it's, it's stuff like that. Uh, you know, I can, I, I can actually conjure up a good, idea but of you know, what what it would be tasting like and be able to enjoy it without even tasting it but yeah. it, it was, but, but it, it would still end up blowing my mind and being entirely not what I not not what I was anticipating it to be whenever I actually eat it so I like literally have made this for so many of my girlfriends and like um when they eat it they were like you're gonna make that for me again or so i like tease them now like i'll send them pictures or whatever and they're like why do you do this to me and they try to recreate it and they can't do it and then they'll have my mom's because my mom will come visit me and then she'll cook it and they'll be like yeah this is so much better than yours and again it is the simplest dish in the world um but there's something about the way that she cooks it's just insanely good so it's uh, art yeah well i every mother ever has at least one thing that that can be said about them. Mm -hmm. At least one thing. I I I know uh, I I know with with uh, my mom, it's the way that she the way that she cooks uh, roasted potatoes. You know, which was potatoes, which is which, which is what we had uh, what we had for Sunday lunch every Sunday for years and years and years and years and years until I finally said, hey. Um, can we actually have some variety? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and and even though she throws it, she she throws it in the crock pot, and and everything. I I can't. I've I've never duplicated it myself. So yeah, yeah. yeah every I don't mom think my has sister and I would have complained if my mom made this every single day. I think she had to stop us from eating it because we loved it so much. I think we actually used to fight over it because it was so good. Um, so yeah, that was it was it was the love in our our household for that dish. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, another diving away question here. Uh, what What was your favorite band whenever you're in high school <laughs> um it's uh to this day still my favorite and i am um 
obsessed with him, I should say. Like, I, like there's a sticker on my laptop. They're about to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. And uh, um, my um, fiance is going to make sure that we're there because he knows how much I love this band. Uh, it's Depeche Mode. Okay, okay. Um, I just, you know what? I, th- I think... Uh, I think it was um, a leaf... That was telling me that that was that, that that's uh, was one of her favorites as well. Who was it? Uh, Elise Dennis. Oh yeah, she actually was a B-side Sacramento. She's a lovely girl. I love her. Yeah, yeah. I, if, I, if I remember correctly, she she was the one telling me the the same thing. So uh, okay, now now I've got two people yeah, <laughs> singing the praises of Depeche Mode. I didn't know that about her, but I like her even more now. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to that. Um, oh, I'd have to go look for the date. Whenever, whenever her uh, podcast drops. Uh, yeah, it always amazes everybody that I say like the music that I like, and it was heavily influenced by. I, I grew up with um, a babysitter that was 13 years older than me, and it was a family friend, and he would come and take care of us. And he was really into this like new wave uh, type of music with The Cure and Depeche Mode and The Smiths and. Um, I mean, like New Order and everybody. And so that was my first exposure to music. I mean, like there, there's a story of my sister about how she used to sing Blondie when she was getting um, a bath and stuff like that. And so my sister was super into it. And we were just kind of like growing up in that age where like um, it was very much about like new kids on the block and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I always just wanted to listen to Depeche Mode and I like idolized one of their members and like all that kind of stuff. It wasn't, you know, I didn't have that team idol of I, I remember actually for one of my birthdays, somebody um, came and gave me a new kids on the block poster and you could just see the disappointment in my face. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then in the same time, it was, um, it was 1990 because it was the year Depeche Mode released Violator and my best friend actually she's still a very close friend of mine and and she um, lives in Las Vegas so I'm super happy when Hacker Week comes around because I get to see her and um, reconnect but she got me the cassette tape to uh, Depeche Mode Violator and I remember I just like tackled her I was so excited (laughs) Um, so yeah it was it was a big part of my childhood and, and still the music I listen to today Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I see. W- 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 whenever I go and uh, go and post uh, later about uh, this conversation, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure and uh, tag Elite in that, so uh, the the two of you can have that conversation and and uh, not uh, have to wait until it slips out. Otherwise, awesome. <laughs> I feel like some of these questions you're asking me are about like. Um, like to know more about like my passwords and stuff like that. So I'd like to make it clear that none of these are my password. <laughs> no, I've, I have, I have tried my hardest to stay away from it. From <laughs> What's the name details. of my first pet and my third grade teacher and the first street I ever lived on. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, 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 with everybody, I have, I have tried my hardest to stay away from OPSEC details, but I, <laughs> I've, I have never, uh, I, anytime anybody's ever, um, you know, uh, pushed back on a question or seemed a little dodgy on a question, I'm like, okay, that is what it is. Because <laughs> I, I get it for, for for some people. There's just some questions that, yeah, they'd rather, they, they'd rather not mess with for whatever reason. Sure. <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, I, I, if, if I actually... <laughs> Well, no. I, if 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 I actually do end up asking anything that is that that you feel is a uh, is usable information, you are more than welcome to say. <laughs> uh-uh. 
<laughs> plead the fifth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, moving on. Um, question number eight. Um, are you more of a uh, book person or a movie and TV show person? Uh, when I was younger, we used to go through books like crazy. I mean, like, I remember we would leave the library with, like, stacks of books and be done with them in a week. But um, I think in this day and age with so much uh, accessible <laughs> TV to you with um, Apple TV or Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever, there's always just too many options. Um, so definitely, and I, I, I love movies, like, love going to the movies. I saw two in the past week. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would go with the latter. Okay. Okay. So, so since you go with the latter, then uh, what um, what is what is probably your uh, favorite uh, TV show going right now? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really hard to say because it changes as as things come up. I you know I'm super. I mean, I saw The Mandalorian, and of course, you know, there's the child, Baby Yoda. Um, Baby my obsession Yoda. with him. Um, but we'll have to wait till October to see season two. Um, we started watching Ozark and, uh, that was really, really good. Uh, I know the third season I think comes out in March, so we're super looking forward to that. So I play Ozark right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, if, if, if you were to turn that question around on me, I'd say I, I couldn't pick. Yeah, it's it's too hard, and it'll. Be, I'm sure next month it'll change. Um, but yeah. it's just uh, what what came first to mind was that. So I'll, I'll say that right now. That's what we binged, and I watched over again. And, and so, and yeah. Mandalorian, I think I've watched over like about three times. It was so good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I've I've got a whole a whole uh, slate of shows that. Uh, is that uh, if if I miss it, it feel it feels like I'm missing a piece of my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I I I'm very much um, I'm very much a snob for good storytelling. Oh, okay. So I could sit down and watch a show, and if and if it's bad storytelling in in my opinion maybe not everybody's um or if they're just trying to be too cutesy or too niche mm -hmm. i'm just like no good good storytelling does not require me to have to overthink it good storytelling draws me in gets me invested in the characters mm -hmm. gets me invested in what's going on to them it, you know, and leaves me on the edge of my seat wanting to know what's next whenever they don't tell me what's next at the end of the hour. Well, I think um, that you um, tweet about, like, what your you, is on your list, because I'm intrigued now to know, like, what your, like, top ten shows or things that you look forward to watching are. Because uh, I know it goes by seasons and stuff well, like that. Well, I, 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 I will go ahead and drop one big one at you. And I know this is popular with other groups for other reasons, but every single NCIS series, I mean, my, my gosh, the storytelling is just, it's, it's not so cookie cutter that I could take it or leave it, but it doesn't cause me to have to overthink on any of it. And there's, there's just, there's a lot of emotional investment. In, in every single one of those NCIS series. And so I, I 
I, I don't like missing those, for instance. It's good to know. So, but no, I'll uh, I'll uh, tweet about uh, <laughs> some of those. I'll be happy to do that. Nice. Um, okay, so question number nine. Um, I, partially. Um, <laughs> Niners are my team just because I grew up in the Bay Area um, and my dad watched Joe Montana and then Jerry Rice and Steve Young and everything like that. So um, when they made it to the Super Bowl this year, I was very proud, um, but sorry, very sad when they lost. <laughs> um, but it, it's not like if it, it's I, I remember seeing one time, I think I was in tech school. I think the Green Bay Packers were in the Super Bowl that year or something like that. And um everybody pulling out their cheese heads and whatever. And then when they lost, I remember like some of the guys were crying and I'm just kind of was like, I don't think I'd ever get to that level of something. Um, I, I, I'm really into tennis. So um, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the U S open, um, not this past year, but the year before in 2018. And it was just, it was such a great experience. I really hope I get to see Roger Federer play before he retires. Um, but we got to see uh, Djokovic that time uh, play and it was really cool. Um, and Serena um, play in the finals. So it was very, very neat. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a tennis fan than anything else. But I was a Lakers fan growing up. Um, so the news of Kobe was really sad. And then um, baseball, everybody would assume that I would be a Giants uh, an, yeah, a Giants or an Oakland A's fan, but I'm actually a Yankee fan. And it's not a bandwagon thing. <laughs> it was I've been a fan of theirs since... Um, early 2000s and that was just because the person who took me to my first baseball game took me to a Yankees game and it was just such a cool memory and uh something we could share so yeah Yankees fan yeah baseball the first time I actually sat down to watch any baseball was um it was uh whenever the uh, Yankees and the Mets played in the World Series oh wow yeah I I had never I never really watched baseball uh Part yeah, I always that. found it quite boring, actually. But then after getting to go to some games and stuff like that, I was like, "Oh, okay, I can see the appeal of this." <laughs> well, I've I've got a uh, I've got a friend who is a huge uh, baseball nut, and um, you know, I've I told him, I said, you know, if we're if we're ever in the same place where we can go where we can go to a baseball game, I think I actually wouldn't mind going with you because the the you know the the older I've gotten, the more I've thought about baseball. I'm like. No, I think the allure of baseball is not just the sport, but also, you know, but, but, but also the the time for for most people. You know, not not everybody. You know, some people might go to a game by themselves, but I think for a lot of people, it's you know, it's also uh, you know, hangout time with friends. Yeah. So, um, I said I lived in Arizona earlier on, and um, it was land of spring training. So mm -hmm. it was just very cool to see things from that that perspective too. So between Phoenix and Tucson, we got to see so many, so many games that way. It was very, very neat. So mm -hmm. yeah, I got more into it while I was there too. Yeah, they, I, I also uh, get the weird looks though because I am the person that walks around the United States saying I love the game of rugby. They're like, what? <laughs> rugby? What? And I and I'm I keep on telling people I said you would actually understand this game if you took a moment you don't realize how much you would actually understand this game, um, and then uh, but but also I've I've garnered a little bit of a fascination in the last year for cricket. Oh okay. 
Um, I, I, I haven't decided whether I actually like cricket yet or not, but I, I've gotten a, enough of a fascination that I'm starting to be like, okay, what are some of these rules and everything? And uh, yeah, I'm doing a little exploring with cricket right now. <laughs> One of my uh, really good friends here in D.C., um, he goes by Special Ted on Twitter. Um, we've known each other for over 10 years. The, the He was probably the first person I know that um, was so into rugby, like actually played it. I think he messed up his back pretty badly, but um, he doesn't play as much anymore, maybe. Um, I know he just went and did like a rugby tour in the U.K. That's why he missed Schmoocon. Um, but no, he's a huge fan. Um, so my exposure level is, is what I know through him, essentially. But yeah, those looked really fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the the first time I ever saw rugby, I was um, I, I was working overnight uh, at a TV station, and um, so my sleep schedule on the weekend were, was always a little screwy, and so I would end up waking up uh, middle of the night, uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and about you know about two or three a.m. there would always be a rugby game on uh, Fox Soccer Plus. Okay. It, but but that was the one time a week. It was it was one game in one time slot on the one cable channel. That is the only rugby you could get in, on U.S. television at that point in time. Oh really? Um, but uh, you know, so I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. This this looks fun. And then whenever I ended up having access to uh, being able to see uh, all the matches from the Super Rugby competition, and I actually got a chance to watch and start to develop understanding of the rules and everything. I just deepened my appreciation of the game. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's you know, it, it's 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 funny the the things that people end up picking up on, and they would never think about it because they just the you know the opportunity never arises. Yeah. So, all right, well, we can get down to uh, question number 10. And this has kind of become my uh, standard last question to ask okay. everybody. Um, but what is the best and the worst advice that you have ever received? Best advice, well, I'll start with the worst, actually. The worst advice I ever received, um, and I was actually just talking about this with my mentee the other day, um, and it came from people previous to my cyber career, uh, just throughout my life, everybody always said I was always, and it's going to be like a humble brag, but it's not meant to be, but they were always like, you're too nice. They were like, you're going to get uh, run over. You need to become more mean. Um, and I had people from high school on tell me that. And I, I do <clears throat> see that living in DC is maybe a little bit harder um, just because of the environment and stuff. It's not as, as chill as Northern California. Um, but I don't believe in order to get business done, you need to be like a mega bitch. Um, like um, everybody keeps telling me I need to be. Um, I've, I've, it's like, what is it? Uh, you attract more uh, with honey, <laughs> whatever that saying is. You attract um, more flies with honey than with vinegar. Yeah. Exactly. And so I just, I never, and I never found it to be true. And I always said that if, if somebody needs me to be more mean, then they're not somebody that I really need to deal with. Um, and I, I'm not going to get steamrolled or anything like that by any means, but I'm also not going to become like a just terrible person. Um, so the, the best advice I ever received actually is from my mom. And she always says this, and it's anytime I um, like, 
something good happens or, you know, I, I, if I get a little bit too, too proud or too egotistical, like she's just always my constant reminder. And it's always this voice in the back of my head now. And it's always uh, be humble. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's okay to be like, you know, proud of your accomplishments and your achievements, but always have that certain amount of humble humbleness to you. And it's, it's um, led me to where I am today. So, yep, best advice I can give to somebody else is to be humble. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I definitely think that is a very good piece of advice that everybody could use from time to time, mm-hmm. including myself. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is the end of 10 questions officially. Um, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah. I, I tell everybody that I always enjoy these conversations, and they're always they're always different. That none of them are exactly the same. And you know what? You you told me uh, whenever I first asked you about coming on, you're like, I'm not that interesting. I would. I, I, <laughs> no, the, 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 this this has been good. This this has been. You you you, you set the bar so low in my expectations. I'm like. <laughs> Amazingly wowed right now. <laughs> That's what I like to let people think really like low expectations of me. So <laughs> I'll come across as really great and they'll be like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, do you have anything else you want to add or maybe plug or anything before we get done? I mean, I, I was about the organizations I'm involved in. I, I was able to mention them throughout my conversation because they're such a big part of me. Women's Cyber Jitsu, Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu. Um, love that organization. Please support them and check them out if you've never heard of them. Um, mental health hackers, of course, just because um, everybody in this industry um, needs uh, to be cognizant of um, what they're going through, especially in times of extreme stress. Um, and then, you know, besides Sacramento is my heart and we're so looking forward to year two and, um, we'll have a date to announce soon with a location, uh, but we're, we're aiming for October of this year. So those are my awesome. plans always. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Susan. I'll let you, uh, get back to the rest of your evening and, uh, catch you around the Twitty bird. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Anne.